two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? Pennsylvania. This is The Big Fib. And now here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the streamlined crest of waterproof truth and the flightless scrapes of toothless lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for live in studio audience. Hey, Deborah. Hey. Take a look at this ring on my finger and tell me what color you see. Well, from different angles, I guess I'd say it was no. No, there's no color. It's clear. Yeah, that's that's not good. That's that's not good at all. Oh, why isn't that good? Well, this is a mood ring and I'm supposed to be able to tell what I'm feeling by the color of my ring. If it's red, that means I'm angry. And if it's blue, it means I'm happy. Green, it means I'm calm. But no color, uh, that means... I don't know what it means. What does it mean, Deborah? Oh, don't worry. I I don't think it means anything, Lisa. Those mood rings change color when a human's temperature changes. Oh, so because I don't have human body temperature, I don't have feelings. You want to know how I feel about that, Deborah? Uh, Lisa, don't don't get angry. Don't get upset. Upset? That's exactly how I feel. And sad and, uh... And disappointed. See? You don't need a ring to tell you how you're feeling. And it seems like all it does is upset you anyway. So it's not a very nice thing to wear. Yeah, you're right. It's not even well made or nice looking. It's practically junk. You want it? Uh, uh, No, thanks. I think I'll just pay attention to my own thoughts and feelings and accessorize for decorative purposes only. And how would you feel about telling us how our game works? Well, without looking at this ring, I can tell you that I'd feel... Just fine about that. Okay, then. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other is a current liar. Mm. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. I mean, otherwise, oh boy, we're in the wrong business, Deborah. Oh boy. (laughs) What are we lying about today? We are lying about penguins, short-legged, flightless, aquatic birds. Lisa, have you ever seen a penguin? Those birds that wear tuxedos all day long? Why are they so formal? No, they only look like they're wearing tuxedos, but that's just their coloring, black and white, like a tuxedo. They're actually not a very formal bird. Or maybe when humans get dressed up, they're actually trying to look like penguins because penguins walk around all the time acting really proper and saying things like, pardon me, thank you very much indeed there, governor. (laughs) I really think that penguins are just casual, but maybe we'll learn otherwise today. Why don't we get this party started by meeting our contestant? Lisa, who is our contestant today? Our human child contestant is a nine-year-old who loves pizza and foxes. Oliver Unruh! Oliver, hi, how are you? Good. Excellent. We're so glad that you are here. Tell us what you love about foxes. I really like the colors of them. They're very beautiful. 
How would you describe them? Would you say they have kind of a reddish brown fur? Yeah, reddish brown. Maybe kind of similar to your hair color, possibly? Yeah, also more similar to orange. I see, I see. But you can maybe see how they a fox would match your hair pretty well. Maybe you should have one as a pet. My mom would not like that. Oh, moms are always like that. They won't let you get predators as pets. <laughs> it's the worst. That would be a problem. Well, it could have rabies. If you're lucky. <laughs> no, humans don't want rabies, Lisa. That's not a good thing. It makes us feel very unwell. Oh, don't get that. Yeah, don't get a fox. Definitely no. <laughs> well, we are going to learn a little bit more about you, Oliver, but we're going to do it playing our game Two Truths and a Lie, Woo! which means you will tell us three facts about yourself. Two of those facts will be true facts, but one of those facts will be a lie. And we have to guess which one is the lie. Oliver, what are your three facts? I made a movie that is shown in a real movie theater. I have three cats. My favorite superhero is Iron Man. So I'm going to tell you what's happening here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Listeners up to this point heard Oliver say that he wanted a pet fox. Yes. (laughs) And yet he comes here and says to me that he has three cats. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, a fox would eat cats. Well, but he doesn't have a fox. But I'm saying if he wants a fox, then he doesn't care very much about his cats. Okay. And one thing I know about humans is they like cats. Okay. I think that's a lie because he does not seem like a cat killer. I rest my case. A cat killer. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I doubt that he's a cat killer regardless of which fact is true. But Oliver, which one of those facts is a lie. My favorite superhero is not Iron Man. Oh, what? You want to kill cats? (laughs) No, that's not what he's saying. First of all, who is your favorite superhero? Doctor Strange. Good one. Nice taste. I like it. And my second question is, Tell me about this movie. What do you mean you you made a movie that showed in movie theaters? So I made a movie that showed in one movie theater for my birthday. And so were you in the movie? Yeah. (gasps) I directed the movie and I played as a superhero named Flyer. Whoa. Whoa. And you made up that superhero too? Yeah. Very exciting. Why don't you like your cats? <laughs> that is not what he said. He said he wanted to get a fox to eat his cats. <laughs> no, that no, is not I didn't. What he said I said that I want to get a fox. Right. I don't didn't say that I wanted it to eat my cats. <laughs> okay, Thank so it sounds like yes. Deborah is putting words in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> we need to move on. Our first expert is Charles Bergman. Charles, please introduce yourself to Oliver. Hello, Oliver. I'm Charles Bergman, and I'm a writer and a photographer, and I love to work with penguins. Thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Francine Chen. Francine, please introduce yourself to Oliver. Hello, Oliver. Uh, I am an ornithologist with a specialization in what people like to call penguinology, but my focus of study is aviparamologist, which is Latin for bird matchmaking. Thank you very much. I just want to say, if she turns out to be the real expert, that there are birds in my neighborhood that I think she should set up on dates with other birds. Yeah, it's not quite like that. Okay. Well, never mind. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, maybe you can do that then. Maybe you can set up some introductions in your neighborhood. Hey, Jerry! <laughs> you should meet Tommy. He's also a Blue Jay. Oh, nice. Let us know how it goes, okay? Okay. Drumming like it's hot. Those are some icy cool sounds, Lisa. Only the coolest. Wet a tatsy time. <laughs> Burr, cool. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Oliver's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Francine Chen. Okay. Because there's a character in the Mercy Watson books named Francine, and I love oh. Mercy Watson. <laughs> okay, that's a good reason, I suppose. All right, Oliver, your first question will go to Francine. What is a typical day at work for you? Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, usually, when I get to the uh, aquarium, it involves checking in on the penguins who we've already paired and their chicks, you know, taking their temperatures as well as any changes or the consistencies in their environment. Because part of our goal is to create the right environment or mood for these birds to create relationships that'll lead to ensuring their population. I'd like to know a little bit more about this. So you are introducing penguins to each other so that they can make families. How do you go about doing that? All right. So basically what we're doing is trying to match penguins and they don't always want to match, Mm. (laughs) but uh, eventually they usually do. Uh, Interesting fact, Penguins don't actually mate for life, but it doesn't mean they don't still have preferences uh, for for each other. I see. And would you say, can you tell if a relationship is going to work out or can you tell right away if they're not getting along? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can tell. So like uh, one example would be when one of our penguins, Frankie, was bonding with a bird named Sandra. They took their nesting too far. And I, I don't know if you know this, but when um, couples nest, they hoard rocks to protect their nest. All couples? No, just, the, just the penguin couples. Oh. Uh, and uh, they started hoarding rocks from around the exhibit. Ooh. Yeah. So that wound up actually crushing some of their eggs. And so oh, no. one, I know one of the things we had to do was create a nesting box and a few token rocks. Uh, and once we did that, they turned out to be really great parents. So, you know, they, they do have their own personalities and it's kind of fascinating. Charles, what are penguins' personalities like that? I'm happy to answer that because I think penguins have lots of personalities. Some penguins are very shy. There's a penguin called the yellow-eyed penguin in New Zealand that runs away from you. If you get anywhere near it, it just they'll just go, ah! and run away. And then there's another kind of penguin called a royal penguin that is the most curious penguin of all. And they're on another island, almost in Antarctica. And they'll come right up to you. If you walk down the beach, I've had 50 of them walking with me on the beach. I felt like I was their royal penguins and I felt like I was a king of the royal penguins. Wow. Royal penguins, mm. and they're very wonderful. The emperor penguins, they'll, they're very curious. They they come right up to you. I've actually had emperor penguins climb on top of me while I was lying on the ice. Wow, that's cool. Did they just think you were a speed bump or something like that? Well, I think they're curious and they want to figure out who you are, and so uh. they come up and they kind of peck at you and they'll 
poke at your boots. And I happened to be lying down on the ice photographing a different penguin and it jumped up on my boots. Wow. <laughs> it's really cute. It must be really curious to meet you. Yeah. Well, they don't see people very often. So, in fact, we were wearing colors that looked a lot like theirs and with kind of yellow jackets with black pants. And I think they may have thought we were kind of strange mutant penguins or something. They wanted <laughs> to find out. Were were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, someone <laughs> needed to ask. I, I guess. <laughs> are there such things as mutant penguins? There are mutant penguins. <gasps> oh my gosh. There's one that was just discovered this month on South Georgia Island. It's a king penguin. Normally they're gray and black with white tummies and orange highlights, but it's all white with a kind of yellow body. It's a strange, strange penguin. Wait. Does this mean that there's an army of mutant penguins? I'm just kidding. (laughs) But what if there was? Mm. This is for Francine. Sometimes animals can be messy. What is the grossest thing that ever happened to you? (laughs) Good question. So this was really early on in my training. Uh, I was an intern over at the Smithsonian Zoo, and I was in charge of cleaning the penguin habitat. And the penguins were really cute. And I had just read this paper on how penguins really like human contact. So I went to hug uh, one of the penguins. But uh, again, this was very early in my career, and I wasn't aware that it was molting. And I, you know, I just am going to say I learned some really valuable lessons about what the penguin body secretes <laughs> during their molting process. And that was, that was pretty gross. There's a... Ooh. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, the actual molting process, and this is, this is weird, is called catastrophic molting, uh, which I think will help you imagine how gross it might be. Uh, there were a lot of of the feathers and there was a smell that took a really long time <laughs> to get out of my hair and my clothes. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't good. Ooh. Have you ever been tricked by a penguin? Whoa. So in high school. Not you, Lisa. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear the story. Okay, so in high school, this penguin came up to me and said, hey, Lisa, we want you to be on the cheerleading team. And I said, oh, great. I love cheerleading. And then I went there after school. And guess what? It what? turned out it wasn't the cheerleading team. It was the cheer booing team. And I had to boo the team. And I don't like that. And don't trust penguins. <laughs> Oh, that story is terrible. I know. I, I know, Deborah. Yes. yes. Don't believe everything you hear from, yes, a, from penguin, a penguin, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have I, now it might not be the case, but have either of you experts ever been tricked by a penguin? Well, I have to think about that. Yes, I think in a way I could say I was tricked by a penguin. Okay. One time in Africa, we were working with baby penguins. We were weighing them and measuring them, the baby African penguin. And you have to be careful with them because they'll try to bite you and things like that when they don't want you to hold them. And they'll try to slap you with their flippers. So I was watching those. But what I didn't realize is that their number one weapon is that they'll aim their bottom at you and poop on you. Come on. Whoa. (laughs) Wait, what was the color of the poop? Oh. Good question. It was fish colored because it's this long, stinky stream. They're able to projectile poop. They can shoot their poop four feet in distance. So (laughs) they really are good shots with poop. (laughs) 
Should we move on to the next question? Yes. I don't think we can, but we can try. <laughs> it's hard to come back from that one. This is for both of you. What is your favorite kind of penguin and why? Who wants to start? Well, why don't I start? Okay. Uh, my very, very favorite is a chick, an emperor penguin chick. Because I think they're the cutest animal babies in the world. They have an all fluffy gray body and they have a black cap that looks like a helmet and white cheeks with big black eyes. And it looks like they're wearing jammies. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> My favorite is the Manticorean penguin, and they are found in the remote part of Chile. And they've got this um, bright gold plumage around their face. Uh, and <laughs> This is, I think, why I like them the most is when uh, explorers came across them, like early on in the early 1600s, they described them as <laughs> lion-headed water chickens, which I think oh. <laughs> is one of my, fa- like, it's one of my favorite descriptions of a penguin ever. <laughs> wow. Better not call me that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you love the Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Experts? Get ready to go for the krill. (laughs) Oliver, we're going to start with Charles. You can ask your shorts on fire questions now. What kind of penguin also made of a kind of pasta? That's the macaroni penguin. Lasagna penguin. (laughs) What is it called when penguins use their flippers and feet to slide their bodies forward on ice? Tobogganing. How fast can a Gentoo penguin swim? Gentoo is the fastest penguin at 22 miles an hour. What do you call a group of penguins in the water? A raft of penguins. Why do penguins jump before they dive into the water? So they can go deeper. Which penguin is the smallest penguin? The little penguin. What is the layer of fat under penguin skin called? Subcutaneous. Which penguin never sets foot on land? The emperor penguin. And that is time. time. And Lisa's going to reset the timer, right? It's kind of a burden, but I'll do it, yeah. I really (laughs) appreciate that. Oliver, you can ask Francine your shorts on fire questions. Now, if a male penguin bobs his head up and down another penguin, is it being friendly or looking for a fight? Uh, friendly. Name a penguin that lives in the rainforest. Uh, the uh, wetland rockenhopper. How do penguins protect themselves from getting eaten? They make a barking noise uh, as well as uh, they produce a, a smell. Fact or fib? Polar bears love eating penguins. This is a trick question because polar bears live in the northern hemisphere. 
and penguins live in the southern hemisphere. But they can still order in. <laughs> Don't listen. <laughs> How does African penguins defense themselves? Charles mentioned uh, that is with the projectile poop. Name another bird that cannot fly. Cockapoo. Okay, and that is time. That's all our time. Sorry, guys. If you wanted more time, you can write 1-800-GET-MORE-TIME. <laughs> I don't know if that will do you any good, but okay. Okay, it's decision time. Oliver must brood over all the facts he's heard today and help us freeze out the liar. Oliver, who is our big fibber? Charles. <gasps> Why do you think Charles is our big fibber? Because he said the poop is fish color when it's pink. Oh, are there fish that are pink? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know either. Okay, is that the one thing that was the tip-off? Yes. Okay. All right. Will the actual penguin expert please tell us who you are? I'm Charles Bergman. <gasps> oh, Charles Bergman is a writer, photographer, and professor. He and his wife, Susan, embarked on a quest to see all 18 of the world's species of penguins, which they successfully completed. His book on their quest is Every Penguin in the World, A Quest to See Them All. And you can learn more about the book and him at charlesbergman.com. It's time to do a deep dive into the chilly waters of lies for some fact-checking. Charles, which facts did Francine share that ruffled your feathers? Well, most of them. (laughs) (laughs) A paramatologist? Paramatologist? There's no such thing. Oh, dear. I believe it's Ava Paramologist. (laughs) Ava Paramologist. Well, she's wrong, too, Ava. Yeah. (laughs) Penguins crush their eggs with their rocks on a nest. That's certainly a lie. And I think she said there was such a thing as a mantiquarian penguin in Chile. I think that's the name she gave it, which was lion-headed, a lion-headed yeah. water chicken. Yeah, it sounded good. Sounded good, but no, no, no. No? No. no. Um, and the bird that nests, the penguin that nests in the forest is not a wetland rock and hopper. Oh, <laughs> it sounded good, too. Yeah. and Oh, no, wow. And you're right, Oliver, that many penguins have pink poop, but those are typically Antarctic penguins that eat krill, which is a little kind of crustacean, like a little teeny shrimp, and those are red. But the African penguin and those up in the hemispheres typically eat fish, and they do have fishy, smelly poo. I do not want to step in that. I would not either, no. Francine, what did you tell us that made you the emperor of lies? Pretty much everything. (laughs) I lied a lot. Uh, The bird that cannot fly, I know this isn't a penguin-related fact, but... What did you say it was, Francine? A uh, cockapoo. And that's that can't, true. That's that's a, that's a cockapoo is a dog. <laughs> and dogs can't fly. Can't fly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was sort of true, but not about penguins. There were a lot of lies there. Oh, my oh. gosh. So it is time to shut down another episode. Thanks to our contestant, Oliver, a skillful fact finder and a real gent, too. Thank you to our expert and liar, Charles and Francine, and to Lisa for the rock hopping sounds. And of course, many thanks to our colony of listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we snare liars and insulate the truth. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, well, 
you want to visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you ask, well, you can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa. And, well, find out how you can participate. Well, follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true wells. Bye! Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.